With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey to Success Radio. My name is Daniel Hanzelka. I'm a business coach, reset warrior, author, and speaker. I'm the co-creator of the Reset Formula, and my mission in business and life is to empower entrepreneurs to discover the truth in the four core areas of life, faith, family, fitness, and finance, so they can experience the epic life they want. You can learn more about me at ResetWarrior.com. Again, that's ResetWarrior.com. Now, today we have a special show. Uh, I have a co-host today. It's the amazing Diana Dittinger. I had the opportunity to interview her earlier this month. Diana is an innovative change maker and influential thought leader who inspires people to take the journey to find themselves. She recently published uh, her book, Modus Vivendi, Your Life, Your Way, Diana discovered the formula for total life fulfillment. Formula is a fruit of 20 years of rigorous scientific, scientific brain research. Her clients get life-changing, fast results to create the life they desire with grace and ease. She was born in in, in U.S. in Chicago, Illinois, and Diana currently resides in northern Italy with her four children. Now, Diana, we have an amazing show. I want to welcome you to the show, and why don't you introduce our very special guest today, Dr. Joanne White. Yeah, super. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, what an honor then to introduce our special guest today, and she's an international best-selling and award-winning author and speaker. Dr. Joanne White has over 20 years' experience helping others reach their full potential, so we're all full potential people here. Uh, she was inspired to pursue a career in special education where she worked with a young girl with special needs at a day camp. So Joanne later pioneered a program for the Philadelphia school system for children who weren't allowed to attend public school until a federal law mandated that every state in the U.S. serve these children too. More Heaven Because Every Child is Special is the title of her book and is based on a true story of educating these kids and the successes and challenges they face. That is so moving. We are so happy to have you here on the show with us, Dr. Joanne. Thank you so much, Diana and Daniel. It's my pleasure, and I'm very, very excited about this opportunity. It's great to have you on our show. And Dr. Joanne, you have written the new book, and uh, more heaven. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the background of the book and also uh, why did you write the book? Okay. So firstly, I wrote the book, and you're going to laugh a little bit, but I wrote the book many years ago. It was like it was ahead of its time. And I wrote it while I was teaching these children with special needs. There was, like you said, Diana, There, I piloted this program and if truth were told, most many people did not want it to be successful. It was an educational headache for people. Parents of so-called regular kids were very apprehensive about it. And there were no – it was like, okay, this is your class, and you don't go to gym, you don't go to art. It's it's you and these kids. So um, I started the program – and it started with one girl, that little girl, that that one little girl that, that this book is really 
uh, inspired by. And it grew. She was. She had autism, and it began to burgeon into more kids, and and it re- and it, it really got, became successful. And it really was a way of showing the school system, Philadelphia school system, and others that that educating these kids. It did. There was special education beforehand, but these kids were presumably severely autistic or severely emotionally challenged or whatever and so they didn't seem to fit into school and at that before that mandate many schools were left off the hook because all they had to say was well this kid is too difficult we don't have the services we don't have the program and the parents either had to if they had resources financial resources maybe they were able to send their kid to to a private school or or sometimes at home educate these kids, and sometimes they were in schools but kind of warehouse. So this was a totally new program. And what happened was I was teaching this girl, and every day I would wake up, and there was this one line. Her real name was Tracy. There was this one line in my head that would not go away about this little girl, almost like the beginning of something. And finally one day I said, to spirit, my guides, God, whomever, whatever, the universe. Okay, I hear you. And I started to write down. I started to write, and I was keeping copious notes about the the kids and the program, and it just started to take off. And at that time, I was young, er, <laughs> and also, <laughs> I have to say that with a little bit of a joke. And also the the climate, the both the educational climate and the the climate in terms of the culture was not ready for a book like this. When I sent it to to many mainstream publishers at the time, and again it needed editing and blah blah blah. But well, they what, what year? What year are you talking about? Because you say oh, a while please. ago. Okay, we're talking about like. 70, uh, 1977, 19... Oh, around. Wow. Okay, so... Um, yeah, yeah, I can I can get that, exactly. Right. There was just a whole different kind of openness to, to difference. I mean, what was... Because I, I was uh, living in the Midwest, grew up in the Midwest, and I remember even when there was just the, the segregation or desegregation, the busing, hey. and, and you know, it was really the beginning of let's open, let's just open our arms to people of, of a different skin color. So you can imagine the special needs children. Wow, what a pioneer. <laughs> yes. The thing is, though, that um, it, it was about, just like you're talking about civil rights for, for, for you know, people of a different color, this was the civil rights and to, and to a large extent for, for these kids who were denied access. So when I wrote the book, like I said, I also had shown it. I was going to school for my master's, and I showed it to, and I was going for my master's at that time in special education. And the two professors who read it said, oh, we'll use it as a text. And I, so they sent me to an educational publisher who said, I closed my door, I laughed and I cried, but this is fiction. And I made it fiction for a reason. But it's fiction, he said, and we only publish you know, nonfiction, so I don't, he said, maybe, possibly, possibly, maybe, if you wrote a prologue and an epilogue, we might be able to do something, and like I said, I was young, and I said, no, well, today it has a prologue and an epilogue, and it, <laughs> it's gone through, but I grew up, too, and it's gone through many, many metamorphoses, and I feel that the time is right. We've waited. It's you know this. I've waited all these years and I've put it to sleep many times, and then something would happen that that would bring it out again. So here we are. Yeah. Well, can you can you tell us about the program? Like, what differentiates, you know, how you propose or your your program, your special recipe that you feel is more beneficial? Well, I don't know that it's more beneficial, but at that time. These kids, many of these kids were were at a very low academic level or or that one girl did not really talk and she she spoke you know you would say something you would say, "Hello, Diana," and she would say, "Hello, Diana, how are you today? How are you today?" And she 
so so she, it was it's called echolalia. So one of the things that I did, and I, and again, it was very much I believe intuitive, was to really get into their world, and that's why that's why the book is fiction because how do you presume to what their world is when when nobody's talking or whatever? So a lot of the, with she used to move and twirl and and I would do some of those things with her and play and. And we had one young boy who, in the book, is called Martin. And this boy came into the, and this is, you know, it's based on these real, it's based on these kids. And he came in with many, many characters that he believed, you know, they were, they, he talked to them, he brought them to school. And so, well, some of what we did in the class is is we welcomed the characters. Now somebody would say, "No, you're not supposed to do that." You're, but what what I felt and what I still believe, and, and there's some research about that today, is that by getting into their world, by by showing them that their world was okay, I was then able to introduce them to my world. So it was about trust and my world in terms of academics, in terms of of things, you know, reading, of, of socialization. And so that's, that's. I don't know how different it was, but it, I think it was pretty different from what, yeah, what was I, going on. Yeah, but I think you really got, I think you got that key word, because, you know, I've, I've been doing corporate training for, you know, the past 20 years, and that one word is trust. And trust opens so many doors. When you gain the trust, of people, and it's the same in a corporation with with a team of of CEOs that want to get their results. When a child, you know, trusts you, that's when they just you know open up, and you have access to to them sharing what they're really feeling, or, or you know, they don't feel ridiculed for their difference. Yeah, that's so that's amazing. Well, you, I right. love your and many of these, say, yeah, go ahead. Many of these kids were ridiculed, Diana and and <sighs> Daniel. They were bullied. Actually, one of the one of the girls. It's it's in the book, but it was a true story. One of the young girls was was bullied just by you know standing at the bus standing at the bus stop waiting for a bus for the school bus, and because people didn't like you know we're talking about differences. People did not know, and we're still struggling with that. And it's now 2016, but people have trouble accepting differences. So my my premise was, how can I ask these kids to get into reading and get into everything if I'm if I'm not acknowledging where they are, who they are, and accepting that? And and to me, that was the that was building that bridge of trust because I was embracing their world and saying who you are and what you're doing is is okay. And now look at this world and let's try this. And and it worked. It really worked. Wow. That little... Have you have you been able to keep in touch with any of these families? No, unfortunately not. And the the school changed too. I actually found out it's now a high school. Like I'm no longer in Philadelphia. I'm actually in in New Jersey, and it's I think it's a high school. But um, no. But well, I, bet, I, bet, I bet so. The book the book will be out there, and 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 you'll find out that. Someone will pick it up and and they'll recognize your name and they'll write you an email and oh we want to thank you because you know it, that kind of stuff happens that we're so connected nowadays that, that book will be- fall in the hands of someone and they'll see your your <laughs> face and your name and say wow what a life changer you were that's great I love your quote that you say we have the capacity to manifest the inner gifts and talents within us to fulfill our own desires and pressing goals and also help others and make a difference in their lives. And you really have made a difference in so many people's lives through all your work. I mean, you have this 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 curriculum or this uh, CV of speaking, writing, coaching. You know, you're the CEO, the founder, the power of your life network. You've got the broadcasting network, the power you, uh, you know, uni- online university, you know, you help both families and businesses. You're an executive director, and you host the Power of Your Life TV and radio show. I mean, is there something you don't do, Joanne? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to, I have to tell you, I have a confession, Diane. That is, okay. I was very shy. 
when I was younger. And, and if I tell that to people, like I've told that to a couple of people, a couple of friends, and when we're you know, having dinner and we were, it's a conversation, I'll say, I was shy and said, nobody, said, nobody believes it. I remember one of the, my, one of the teachers, my, my mother went up to speak to one of the teachers, and she said, you know, your daughter is, is really quiet. She's a late bloomer, so I'm making up for it. <laughs> But I also believe, and, and, and that's sort of my philosophy, I believe that we're here to serve and we're here to make a difference. And so in the many ways that we can do that, we're also here to grow ourselves. So it was first radio, and, and it seemed like, oh, well, this is, this is something I don't know. It's a little bit scary, and so let's try it and get past that because – we're supposed to be able to expand ourselves and do what we don't think is possible and get to that place of, wow, look at that. I never believed I could do it. I did it. And and I think that's important for all of us to, to have that ability and to be able to push ourselves beyond what we think is possible. So that's what I keep doing in the service of others. Well, even, you know, even you had some, some career shifts where – you know, you went into both, you know, from the expert training and, you know, the image and, you know, branding specialist and also the therapeutic energy healing. How do you integrate that with, with the work that you do now? Well, firstly, the reason that I started to, I've always been, I've always had guides or I've, I've been meditating sort of since I was younger without knowing that that's what it was. I remember walking and finding a quiet rock to sit on. So so it, that was a natural transition. But I had an injury where whereby I wasn't really able to walk or to sit. I was in, in, in pain, chronic pain for a whole, I don't know, it, was a, it seemed like forever, but it was a really very difficult year. And not to knock the medical profession, but I just was not getting the answers that I was looking for. I was getting, okay, you could do this, and I'd try this, and then something else went out of whack because I was trying something for my knee, and then my back went out. And blood, it just went on and on and on. And so I started initially to look for alternative ways of healing because I had to heal myself. I had to get out of, you know, there was more in life to do. So I started to look at all different kinds of energy healing and, and hypnosis and, and different kinds of, of um, ways to, to change me and to, to heal me. And, and many of these were very effective, and I, and I was able to walk. I remember the first time I was able to be in a car after a year of, of not being – I could either stand or lie down. That was the, the, those were the two choices. And I thought, I'll never be able to see the beach or the shore. I remember going to the shore after being able to sit in the car and drive there and just being so grateful. And the tears were streaming, you know, for joy and <laughs> and in gratitude because that was special. So so that's, I thought, wow, this, you know, this is incredible. If I can do that for myself, there are so many ways to be able to introduce this with other people and 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 I do combinations sometimes you know with he, with coaching and doing energy work or accessing people's inner guidance and teaching them how to do that I, it's it just all feels right i think people yeah. need i think people need choices and need ways and some and and one way doesn't always work for anybody and and I believe that if I'm here to help someone, I have to be the resource to be able to to kind of find whatever technique is going to open the door for people and and is going to help them and so I do have a plethora of I guess different kinds of tools, resources yeah. that I've Well, I mean, it, yeah, it just depends on if people need a mental approach, an emotional approach, a spiritual approach. I mean, you know, we're all complete. And even getting back to the, the special needs children, we have, uh, you know, I come from a family of both my parents have eight and nine brothers and sisters. And so this big, huge family of, you know, 250 at least blood relatives. And, you know, we have a couple of Downs cousins and autistic cousins. And really what I've found is the, the pureness of the soul of these special needs children has been in, in our family context. 
they have united us even stronger mm. because of the, the, the purity, the, the genuine, the, the, their, their outlook. I mean, it really is, you know, even, uh, you know, my, my aunt who unexpectedly, you know, at age 42 has this surprise child who is really the favorite cousin among everyone. And wow. she always said, "Thank God, you know, he. Th- thank God, God gave us this child, because uh, both for their family, but you know, 250 cousins. Talk about the gift that I know it's difficult for families if they're not prepared, or maybe if they don't have a support group. But um, you know, maybe their 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 let's say mental scholastic ability is not up to what we would call par." For their you know age, but their emotional uh, you know ability, this 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 soul connection. Let's put it that way. They they really are pure when you can get their trust, like you know you were talking about, and really get into their world. They have so much joy to share, and um, and, and I you know I totally believe that. And then there are children that are on the spectrum who have these incredible gifts. There was one boy in the class who was able to, I mean, he would be able, I, sometimes I, I lose sense of direction. Well, this kid, if he's, if, if you told him how to get somewhere once, he would never forget it. He'd be able to find things. And then there are, are some children with on this, on the autism spectrum who are so gifted mathematically and, and, and brilliant, really brilliant. I remember meeting a young a young man, I guess he was like not in my class, but he was probably like sixteen, and he painted, and hmm. somebody said to him, "You know what happens to you when you paint?" And he said, "I pick up the brush and i'm not this isn't the verbatim part. He just said, you know i i i it, I pick up the brush and and something happens, and it goes like ah." Oh. <laughs> that were and you could feel that that he the joy that he got from painting and that he was conve- conveying excuse me through his painting was incredible and you you know it, you could feel that joy it was just amazing oh, Dr. Jennifer, yeah and it's great to hear all of these stories now why would you say that the uh, more heaven book that you have actually put together and you mentioned you know, it's taken you quite a few years to get it to where it is, where you're publishing it now, why is it really important for today? What what's really the uh, the importance of that? Well, the importance of it is, firstly, I believe, Daniel, that not that even though we've come far, there's still a lot of inroads. I mean, I was just talking to a parent about two weeks ago who has a, an autistic son and she's having problems with, with school. They're, they're changing his program. And many of these children have difficulty with, with transitions and they're just doing it because it's more of a financial thing rather than thinking about these kids. And um, there are still, I just did some research and there, there is a place in California, I won't mention where, but these this family was living in a community for seven years, and they had an autistic son, and the son was a little bit, dis- well, I don't know how disruptive, but it, the son was disruptive in the community, and the neighbors sued the family. Now, they also were concerned that property value was going to go down, so the family me- the family moved and two of the people who were still suing never dropped the, the lawsuit. So it seems like, yes, we have more programs, and yes, Sesame Street is going to have a, a, or, or already has an autistic character just recently, but there are still many inroads that need to, to be made. There, there's even some controversy in within the the community about well we have to fix these kids we have to you know and some and many parents who like you were talking about earlier Diana the beauty and the specialness well why are you going to why are you going to try to figure out what's wrong with my kid why are we only focusing on 
on that rather than looking at the specialness, the gifts that, that these kids not only bring to their families, but to the world and to us. And I think that there's a lot more to be done. Would you say it's lack of just people not understanding what, you know, really what's at the core of it, or is it just lack of education? Or what, what would you say that is probably the, you know, the reason behind kind of, you know, people not really knowing? I mean, obviously, lack of information or not knowing is, is definitely the large part of that. But are there really places where people can go and educate themselves? Besides, I mean, obviously, you wrote this book that's going to help with that. But are they outside of things where people can get more educated about this? Well, I'm sure that there's a, there are lots of places on the internet now and communities and a lot, you know, a lot of there are people like um Temple Grandin and she was on my radio show, my Power Your Life radio show. Actually, she was on my TV show, my Power Your Life TV show, sorry. And she she has autism and there was a film made about her and she really changed she has she has a PhD and she changed the the way she's the way she's an animal husbandry so she changed the way because of the way that she was able to see what was going on with animals she changed the way that they were doing business with animals to make it more humane because of what she, her abilities and what she was able to bring so i think there's a lot out there that that's really important and i also think that it's important to recognize that that even though these even though we're different in so many ways there are there are things about we all cry we all laugh we all have fears we all have accomplishments and i think one of the goals when when i was young was to was to kind of say look we're all you know these kids are like us they live, they breathe, they cry, and, and and maybe there's a degree in terms of something that they do or something that they don't do, but but recognize how connected we all are. I think that's that's really very important. Would you yeah, think, it's funny because again, now, yeah, go ahead, Daniel. Would you see as far as you know when you're talking about it, most of these things would be based on obviously behavior or something that's happening with these children. And again, you know, as you mentioned, I believe that you know they're they're special in in their ways. That a lot of times there's a reason behind that as far as what they're doing and how they're doing. And I think kind of the ignorance of a lot of people is is they just look at them more from the outside and not fully understanding what is really right. going on. And they don't they don't even try to understand their world and their view of what's happening. Right. Right. You know, I, I you, you were talking, and it reminds me, just two years ago, I was waiting for someone. I was sitting in a diner. I was waiting for a, a colleague of mine, and there was a woman in, I guess it was two booths ahead of me, and her son was had Tourette's and ter- with with somebody with Tourette's sometimes they, they 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 can't control just outbursts and and so sometimes it could be very un you know uncomfortable for people but but they they have difficulty like really monitoring that or 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 being able to control that this woman went around to every table 2 years ago to every table and said my son has Tourette's, and that's why. And I thought, you know, I mean, I knew it because I recognized it. But I thought, why does she have to go and have to do that? She did that so that people didn't think he was rude, to make to make way for more acceptance. But, but the 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 responsibility had, you know, she felt the responsibility that she had to go do that to to create an a, more of a receptive environment. What about the day when? She doesn't have to do something like that when it's just okay. So, so he has outbursts and he's sitting in a diner, and so what? I mean, it's okay. He's not hurting anybody. Yeah, because for sure, you know, just uh, the tension of the people around. I mean, even if you just think of of a let's say a mother with a normal baby when the baby will start to cry and scream and she gets tense usually the baby cries more it's right, when, right. when the mother is comforting and when the mother just sort of you know hums or sings or soothes the child well i mean it's actually the same with any human being we all perceive tension and so if there's someone with a difficulty and you're less aware of really 
how you're contributing to that person even having more difficulty when you are in that tense state. And I think that's a big part of consciousness now is this accepting of differences. And, I mean, they could be even the differences of, you know, anything that, that, that goes on that aren't just, you know, physical or, 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 or mental or, um, you know, and just whenever there's someone in difficulty, you send them, you know, more, let's say, peace and love instead of sending them the tension and the barrier and the, because uh, I really do believe that it adds to the difficulty instead of creating, uh, you know, a safer space for, for people. I totally agree. And I think it's so important if we recognize that each one of us has these unique abilities and rather than squash them or, or decide no, you know, or judge them, allow them to to be there and, and be in a place of, of acceptance. I think that's very important. I had some, I, I actually, I had somebody on my show who was transgender and we were talking and so I did a lot, did a lot of research and I found something that was just quite unusual. There was this family had a young, I'm trying to remember, had a young girl who really felt like a boy. And, and it wasn't like, okay, I'm just going to try this. I mean, really, she she felt that way, and she was really depressed until what her parents did was they, they, they shifted schools. They allowed her to cut her hair shorter and and so that she could have a new life because she was depressed. She was thinking of suicide. She was probably about seven years old. and, and that. But wow. for the parents to be able to to recognize that this was this was something that was really important and it was you know that little girl needed that for her own life for her own peace of mind i mean i thought that was beautiful that these parents had the courage because it does take courage to to do something and live differently but that these these parents were in a place of love and acceptance, and the little girl who was who was thinking suicide and not belonging. I mean, she didn't feel like she fit in her body. How how strange is that? Yeah, wow. And that's young too to have such a, an awareness uh, of that and and request it. Yeah, there's there's so much work to do out there. I mean, it's not just among, let's say, the people that we consider to have special needs. I mean, every human being has certain fragilities. You know, I've got four kids, and 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 I know just between them and, and all their group of friends, it's, it's amazing how wonderful human beings are, and then, you know, but still how fragile they are. And every little moment of their life with little changes in the, you know, schools and, you know, Apart from adolescence, <laughs> it's, and it's, it's hormone changes. Right, and it's beautiful to watch those changes and watch these kids blossom. I came in with um, mirror, what they call mirror writing. So not that I was born that way, but when I was a bit, when I was able to write, and and when I was able to write, my handwriting was such that you couldn't read it unless you held it up to a mirror. So they call it mirror writing. I mean, obviously it changed, and and but <laughs> my teachers would say to my parents, you know, what's wrong with this kid? I mean, how is she going to succeed? What is going to happen to her? How is she going? She can't type. She can't. She can't. <laughs> she can't cut. Anyway, so the point is that that we do have our unique way. My brain probably works very differently. I've t- I've recently done research on what that means, and some people say that it's just incredibly gifted and other people say that my head is messed up but here I am so so well, so that's not- writing backwards like like da vinci right exactly yeah i think what you're kind of mentioning uh, dr jan is the whole fact that you know we as unfortunately human race fear and reject the things we don't understand and because a lot of times it has nothing to do with you know, as, as you described, even what you have gone through with, uh, you know, kind of writing backwards and, uh, you know, looking at these children, because most people don't understand, they kind of start rejecting that and that they become afraid of that and they don't even know how to handle it. 
And I think we've you know, Daniel, that's a, that's a really good point, right? I, I, I think society so much Sorry. Great. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I no, I, I really you you really said something that I think is it's simple, but it's not simple. It's really profound. We are afraid of people who are different from us. We don't know what to do, or somebody that that has these quirks, and and we do, and and so what we do in our fear is we retract and we don't allow ourselves to say, well, that person is, you know, she has a nice smile or. And we don't allow ourselves to to move forward. So I think I think that we have to change. I think that we need to be courageous to recognize that here we are. We have choices. Our choices are: do we do we spend the time in fear and rejection because that's what that fear leads to, Daniel? That you're describing is is if we're so afraid to really know this person, then we're going to back off and not and not. And what if what if that person was the most wonderful, brilliant, beautiful human being? What a loss to us if we didn't take that that step, that chance, that choice. And I think this is the lesson for all of us because, I mean, we've all been in situations where we don't quite know how to handle that. And unfortunately, what I, what I do see happening is that, we, you know, we tend to focus on ourselves. And then, you know, again, that's kind of where the whole rejection, you know, comes where, you know, we just kind of can't even accept that. And really what you're mentioning is for us to really get more understanding and, again, really be more open-minded to going, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, at fear from this person, but I will try to get more understanding and kind of more – you know, more education. And I think as you're mentioning this, you know, one way of getting this is start introducing this into the, you know, educational system that, you know, kids, I mean, there is so much bullying that's going around and this is with kids that don't even have issues. But if somebody is just not quite fitting in with the popular kids, you know, they're going to be bullied in school. And it's so unfortunate that, you know, we as society are, you know, we have all of the information there is for us to have, but unfortunately it almost seems like the more information we have, the more confusing it is. And the more, you know, the less tolerant of others we are actually becoming, unfortunately. And again, I don't, I'm not trying to pin them, you know, paint a negative picture, but I kind of see that all the time. And unfortunately, the media is not helping it because the more controversial, the more negative news, the more they kind of put it out there. And it's it's kind of sad to see that this is happening because you've, you know, you've mentioned uh, that this is something that you notice, you know, uh, you know, in the 70s, and you know, here we are quite a few decades after that, and we're in essence still dealing with the same issues. Now, maybe we're a little bit more aware, but I think on a whole, you know, as a society, as you mentioned, the one family, you know, they suing another family because they had a, you know, special, you know, special child, and they didn't even drop the lawsuit after they moved, where clearly there was no more damage that maybe was going to be done. But right. somehow, you know, we became a society where we become entitled and, you know, your problems, well, I'm just going to go and exploit that because I can. And it's it's kind of unfortunate. It's definitely unfortunate. My bully-free book that was, it's really based on interviews that I did with families of special needs. See, even though I've moved away from that, I really haven't. <laughs> My heart is still with these families and these kids in many ways. And some of the stories, I mean, I didn't put all of them in the book, and I was interviewing these these families and these kids, and there was one one girl who was ridiculed in school and and just because she was different, and she actually wanted to kill herself. She swallowed some lie or whatever that she found in I think in you know in in a cabinet and went to school and and eventually and and the the one of the teachers was really on top of it so they rushed her you know they rushed her to the hospital and her parents came and and she was saved and and this girl is now I I in her 20s and is a manager in a program and and she and and has received awards and here she is and and so you know fast forward where she was in school and being ridiculed because she spoke funny and I worked with a boy a few years ago um he his his family was from from South Africa so they had an accent he had he had a very thick accent and he was bullied and actually 
think it was South Africa. I may not be totally correct. But he was bullied because of his the, the way he spoke was different and how he behaved was different, and he just seemed to be outside and outside of the mainstream, whatever. And what happened is that one day outside of school there were these few other kids who caught him, hung him, by a tree and thought it was the the most riotous thing in the world and started to make it, you know, started to to use their little selfies and and start to take pictures of it. Well, it went viral and 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 this child was on television. He and his family. But the point is, the cruelty that we're talking about. If and and again, I think I think what's important is to recognize and that. There's more to us that's alike than different, and and if we're going to do anything to to make this world a better place, to change and transform the the fighting, the 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 you know disagreements, the anger. There's so much. I believe there's so much anger and road rage and anger out outside. I think it's unbelievable. One time I was walking in the. Sorry, I'm on a roll, so you can stop me at any time. But there was a time about. About a year ago, I was walking in the park, and I'm seeing these young boys that are trying to catch, catch get a frog, this frog on a hook, because a fishing rod, a hook. Now, if they did that, they were going to kill this this frog. And I said, I, I stopped my walk, and I said, Why are you doing that? I mean, it's not hurting you in any way. Why would you want to do that? They looked at me like I was, you know, who is this weird lady trying to <laughs> douse our fun? But to me, their fun was going to be to put this innocent frog, you know, turtle rather, turtle frog at risk. Why do that? Sorry about I'm sorry about you, me being on yeah. a roll. You know, you, you just mentioned something that I always ask, and, and I ask everybody, you know what, we, we we somehow forget to ask, why do we do what we do? And I mean, this is just an example, right? I mean, you asked that question, but I think we, we as human race, have forgot, because so often we, you know, we do things even on, on our own or somebody else, and we have no idea a lot of times why we're doing these things. And And one of the things for me that I always ask, okay, if somebody's doing something, you know, just ask the question, why? You know, and stop. And I think what, I mean, you, you know, with, with that story, you've made them think. Unfortunately, they didn't have much of a background as far as compassion and some of the other things. You know, but again, chances are, and I think this is the biggest thing, there is a reason why they're doing what they're doing. You know, where well, even, that might be abuse or, or something that has happened or experience they have gone through, and this is unfortunately you know, their way of acting that out. But I think the question why is so critical, not only in business, in life, in families, in, in pretty well every situation, to really fully understand you know, if we're doing something, you know, why? Why is this happening? And, and really start to self-examine ourselves. I, I can't remember who said that. And the, the biggest downfall of man is the unquestioned mind. And again, this is why, you know, for me, the question why has become so important in the last few years. I think it and is even very like in, in my research, what I, what I find the, the easiest way to explain that is that all the impulses that come from the external world, you know, that we receive in our nervous system that sends those impulses to our brain, they first go to our animal brain, our reptile brain. And it is amazing to observe the world from the animal brain that is only interested in the power, the territory, the, um, the, the flight or the fight, and the majority of people are really in that predator kind of mode looking for prey. So, you know, the, the why is that the, the consciousness has not evolved up to even the middle brain, or you can imagine not even to the, the frontal cortex. You know, this is a little bit more technical. But, the, you know, we all have this animal brain, and it perceives the outside world, and it is always ready and alert for our survival. It tells us that there's danger. And getting back to the special needs children, our, our physiology will react because our brain says with an unpredictable child who has you know, the, 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 the attacks or whatever, that unpredictable child for our animal brain is exactly the same as a lion who wants us as prey because we don't know how to handle that. And I, I believe, you know, getting 
just the awareness that the why, the big why we are disturbed by that is because our animal brain is just sending us that impulse that there's something unpredictable and for our survival, quote, if we were still in the savanna, it would be danger. Then you've got to count to three. Breathe and bring it up to the middle brain and then, and then respond, you know. But what, what I, I find is, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll add to it after. Yeah, it was just what I feel like, like how, how we can evolve the consciousness is really just that very first awareness. Our animal brain is here for us to survive. Take a step higher than that brain. Realize that it is there for a reason. But, you know, we do have to overcome that initial nervous system reaction to anything that is, you know, unpredictable, or it could be that frog and trying to feel like you're the predator over this prey. And it, it's, it's a... The human being deserves to live so much better than just what the animal brain tells us, <laughs> you know? No, I, I think that's really true, and I think it's important to ask why, and it's important to get to a place within your own being to recognize that, well, to to do a little bit self-analysis. I think it's important to to... Ask your ask yourself that question. Why am I doing this? What's what you know? Not just what what am I going to get from it? What's the benefit? But what, but what's behind it? What's what are the reasons? And I think it's important that we we develop ourselves and we develop our consciousness. And when our consciousness, as you're talking about, Diana, and Daniel, as you're talking about asking that question, when we get to a place where we're just not operating from an instinctive okay power play if you if you will and we're we're looking more at what our actions our responses are going to do and going to bring then then we're really changing our behavior to to yeah and we do have to change ourselves we have to be able to to get out of that animal brain as you're talking and we have to be able to recognize that that there's more than just that yes we have that and there's some wonderful aspects of that but is that enough i mean that that would just that limits us and we are so unlimited in who we are and who we can be and and it's why not spend this lifetime operating from a sense of well there's more there's more to me there's more to this there's there there's more that's to be discovered and there's more to my consciousness and when i trust and i allow myself to to see and experience who i am and my vast potentiality that's right yeah, you know what dr Dren? it's We've almost we've been at this for for uh, almost fifty minutes here, and and we can probably go on for another fifty minutes, do another whole another show, but we'll have to wrap up soon here. Why don't you tell us again how can we support you know how can our listeners support the you know your book launch and uh, you know where can uh, you know our listeners go and and purchase more heaven and and at the same time how can we maybe you know our listeners can get in contact with you and get just more information on some of these fascinating things that you're you know you're mentioning. Well, they can go to Dr. Dr. Joanne, J-O-A-N-N-E-W-H-I-T-E dot com and find out more about my shows, different resources, free articles. And the book is in process right now for publication. Then the launch date on the Internet is March 15th. So we're going to have a, an, a special Amazon. It's going to be able to be purchased on Amazon so I'll be able to do that, and I will be keeping everybody updated. So if they want to be part of the, the launch, they could contact us. It's, I think it's important to be able to spread this word because, again, I don't think it's just about me, but they could go to jo- www.drjoannewhite.com or one eight seven seven. Doc D O C W H I T E or my email Joanne J O A N N E at D R Joanne White dot com. I answer people's emails and I think that this this is this book and men, there are many people, many pioneers out there, is a way to again to shift our consciousness 
and to be able to get us out of our animal brain and to get to a place of love and acceptance for for other people. And also, when we're doing that, it's also about loving and accepting ourselves. 100%. And again, Dr. Jan, I, I want to thank you for... Uh for sharing this with us, and again, I, I wasn't really quite sure where this conversation is going to go, and I think we have, you know, we have certainly made it very relevant, you know, relevant to uh, to everyday things. And I think this is what it comes down to, because as you mentioned, it's not just, you know, with the special needs, you know, children, autism. I think a lot of the lessons that you, you know you have shared and 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 you're going to share in your book are really things that we can use in every day. And again, it's not just about. Uh, you know, what is kind of happening where our society is, is, but I always tell all of my clients, you know, what can I learn? How can I take something from, you know, what I have heard? How can I go and apply that to my life? Because that's to me where life, you know, life in our world can change when we start really taking responsibility for ourselves. And uh, for me during this, uh, this interview, you have certainly, you know, certainly opened up my mind to the fact that, you know what, even though I want to sit here and say, you know what, I kind of know what's happening out there. There is so much more to learn, and again, being more accepting, you know, accepting of others, and and really not becoming selfish, as unfortunately our world is, you know, turning into with the media and and everything that's going on. There are these hopes, and it's a matter of just, you know, learning more and expanding ourselves beyond what it is that you know we are ourselves. Well, thank you both so much, Daniel and Diana. I think that this that you guys are great, and this. This is a vehicle for doing just that. You, the way you guys interview and having your show is is another way of reaching out to to the public, to those people that need to wake up and all wake up and also see their own beauty and their own consciousness, but also see what's out there and what's possible. So thank you for all that you do and for having me on the show today. Yeah, thank you. It was great talking to you. Yeah, My pleasure. Great. Okay, well, again, thank you. This is Daniel Hanzelka. To learn more about Dr. Joanne, you may uh, go on her website, drjoannewhite.com. And to learn more about uh, me, Daniel Hanzelka, you can go to resetwarrior.com. And uh, you're going to be listening to this on the Journey to Success radio. Uh, We will also have links to Dr. Joanne's website on there so that you can go and visit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.